Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. And if you're new to the show, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Lisa Watson, and I will be joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Frolick and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. And unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because it's been our experience that the echo chamber is a pretty boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you'll find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to sit down, grab a drink, and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And if you're interested in supporting our podcast and helping us to be able to continue to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support to our PayPal account at info at enlightenup.us or go to our website, enlightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express your spiritual humor. All profits go towards the show. Thank you again so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. I am here with Lisa and Brian, and we are so excited to have another guest on our show who's part of the Quantum Revolution Tour that is taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada next month, March 22nd through the 24th with one of our favorite guests, Jessica Alstrom. Um, And today we are bringing on someone who is going to be um, giving us some great information and truly taking us into the path of being, taking all the knowledge that you learn and how to transfer that into your physical world so that you may live out all of your wisdom and truth here and now. And her name is Amber Freeland. She is trained directly under Jessica Alstrom. Amber is a graduate master teacher of Transcendence International Consciousness Academy with many years experience in Western medicine and metaphysical healing arts. Amber is a specialist in addiction and eating disorder recovery. She's an expert in facilitating transformation for people in the area of mental health, quantum transformation, and epigenetic meditation. As a key member of the Quantum Revolution team, Amber will be teaching the power of epigenetic meditation as a tool for healing and quantum transformation in Las Vegas. Amber, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm wonderful. How are you? Uh, I had a coffee. Can you tell? I can tell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this, buzz, this room is buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's how it's going to be when we're all in Vegas. That's it's going to be so much fun. Um, you know, just before we started the show, Amber was talking with all of us. And you, I love what you're going to be talking about today because I think it's so important for people to not just know something, but live it. So where do you stand with um, the main teaching, this idea of epigenetics and um, healing and how you apply it in your world? Like where, where do you start with all of that? And sure. don't forget you're talking to Brian. So define epigenetics before you get into anything <laughs> else. You've got it. I love it. I will give you my personal uh, definition of that. But what happened for me, so you guys, I was on quite a life transformational time a, a few short years ago, and I was healing and you know nurturing myself and making some life changes that were really important to me. And during that time, um, I was learning to meditate. I had always had 
the vision of like what you would say when you Google, like how to meditate, right? People feel like meditation's really difficult. You have to have no thoughts. You have to focus on your breathing and try not to think at all. And, you know, I, I kind of started there too, but quickly found myself organically, believe it or not, this, this goes a little deep, but I found myself meditating so deeply through releasing all of those techniques I thought I needed to learn and just getting still in my own body and allowing myself to feel into my body. And I found myself quickly, um, diving into the neural net in my brain. Okay. I found myself envisioning using imagination so deeply in meditation that I was literally picturing in my mind through relaxation techniques, releasing certain neural connections. So any sorts of habits, any sorts of thought processes or things that I found that was keeping me stuck in my own life. I was literally looking at a movie screen behind my eyes of this, at that time, this green neural net in your brain. And I was releasing things that I, that no longer served me in my life as I was actively creating a new reality in my everyday life. And so Brian, to answer your question, that's what I look at as epigenetics is short version is to reprogram the mind. And as time went on, in this own ex this experiment I was running in my own experience, I learned that the most important part of that sort of epigenetic meditation is to actually choose the new habit, the new thought process, or the new way of being that you are actively manifesting into your life. And as you release those neural connections to have, I use color a lot with, with clients as well, but to have a different color neural connection, again, deep in that meditation, releasing certain things, and then most importantly, forming attachments it, to other new chosen experiences. And so for me, I worked on, you know, reprogramming my own brain in that way. Um, and then having the ability to manifest a, a new lifestyle for myself. And so that's what I help others do now. When you talk about using color, do, do you mean paying attention to the colors you see or mindfully or specifically choosing a color to be associated with whatever you're doing or thinking or meditating um, on? Either way, actually. If I think both can work, um, kind of knowing what certain colors represent on the emotional scale, um, it, it can be effective to choose that specifically, but... I would say for the most part, I follow just what comes intuitively. And I guess, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton, he's kind of, is he kind of one of the um, forefathers of the epigenetics? Yes, you're correct. And Joe Dispenza as well. Does that have anything to do with like Lipton sun tea? <laughs> That's Not exactly. <laughs> You could always drink that while you do the meditation, I suppose. Yeah, because um, I love his stuff. And um, oh gosh, I, it's completely lost on me. It's a quote, and I've actually used it in one of my talks. Um, and it's about the body. It's about the body and the mind. Um, and I don't know why it's completely lost on me right now, uh, which really sucks for a podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'll come uh, back to you later. Yeah. Um, so, 
you know, th- I think it's so important to really, you, t- you talked about something very important. It's about going into the feeling of, of, um, it all and not, eh, cause that takes you out of the mind. Right. And that's what people are trying to do is kind of, um, I want to say control the mind, but uh, not have it get in the way, right? Right. And so, by in a going, sense, you are trying to control it, and I think that's the problem that people have. It's. I think it's more of like not allowing it to control you anymore. Exactly. So that's what it, I was thinking too. Yeah, and I think that so what you do is you bypass the whole mental system by going into the heart, and that's where all the feeling is. And Brian, I think we talked about this. That's why we're doing yoga is part of it's to help you kind of get into your body. And I still, I still don't. Sometimes but when no. we're doing yoga, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be thinking about my body or I'm so, I, I don't, no, I no. just don't. No, you, you, that's such a lie. Come on. I see it. I see it because we do it on internet on video. So I, I see everything. And he Scary. will, he will actually correct himself. So oh, start- well, sure. I'm aware of those things, but to but me, the- that's because you told me. No, but you must feel it though. You do feel it though when you correct yourself that how it feels mm. a little differently. I want to say I'm doing it like from a rote perspective. It's like, this is how I was taught. I was like, okay, I need to do this. And then I do that. And it's not Okay. Like- so your mental mind has convinced you that that's why you're doing it. Yes. But you also know that if you change it just slightly, it may increase the stretch a little bit more. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm, I'm aware of that, but I don't see again. It's that, it's that awareness or consciously thinking about. I, I don't, it doesn't feel, I mean, what you guys describe is not my experience, how you feel and you're in something and you're so aware and mindful is absolutely not my experience when I'm doing that in yoga or meditation. I've just, my mind is always a million miles an hour and it's always on something else. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be present. I'm supposed to be now. You know what? (laughs) I'm actually exactly that way, Brian. And this is why I do this work because I'm very, very much like that. And I've met a lot of people who are too. And it, this is why embodiment is so important because (laughs) that's what happens with a lot of people. And it kind of leads into, I mean, that's just one small example of, of the way that I teach meditation, but there's so much to be said about like the thing. So things happen in our childhood and in our earlier days that program us to what I like to call run different program, run certain programs. So we may have a life experience today. We may have a, an emotional way of being or a thought process that governs our day. And when we find that those things are keeping us stuck, we call those subconscious blocks the bulk of what I do is also to help people travel back and look through meditation to when the first time that thing happened, that similar experience. But from what I'm hearing you say, just being able to relate so, so much with you and thinking about a yoga class and knowing that my brain runs the whole time as well. You know, this is where we have to get back into that feeling, that heart space. And it's, it's a process for a lot of people. And, it's funny because some people don't have that experience and are able to embody really easily. We all are programmed a little differently, but it's not always a natural thing to fall into that embodiment. You know, I feel like, it, and everybody's different, but I'm a little bit 
of both. I'm very aware of my body and how it feels, but my mind, you know, when I go to meditate or I'm doing yoga or something, you know, I have to make sure that I have control over my mind. You know, mm -hmm. it's something that you can't just go in there and go on autopilot. I mean, I think that that's to me, kind of the basis of spirituality. So we talked about this before about awareness, but you just, you have, you got to get yourself off of autopilot. You got to get yourself off of those auto programs that are running and be conscious and aware of how you want this moment to be. I, I, I think I look at them, spirituality and yoga, let's call it, or, or even meditation. I look at them as two separate things. I look at, okay, I'm doing yoga with Nicole because this is, you know, for my, my body health. And I'm not looking at it as, okay, I should also be, you know, sometimes I forget to do the, 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 the deep breathing into, into the stretch. I'm like, oh, I need to do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm not there with, with my mind thinking, okay, I could use this time to, to, to be more meditative and relax and make some sort of other type of connection. I look at that for whatever reason as just two completely different things. Like, okay, I'm doing yoga and there would be this other, there would be this other event called meditation, which I don't do um, because I have never, I, I, I don't want to take the, the, the easy way of saying I've never figured it out, which is kind of what, you know, what you talked about is, because there are so many different ways that people talk about meditating. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, very, dare I say, excited about going to, to Vegas. Actually. That's exciting that he's excited. Well, yeah. Let's, let's say for lack of a better term. I mean, um, if that doesn't get some of our audience members to want to go buy a ticket right now, I don't know. But Brian's but excited. I'm 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 semi I'm quasi excited <laughs> be, to to learn some of these things to you know because what 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 Jessica and Christian and you are talking about is you know we're gonna learn tools to be able to implement these things in our lives. And while a lot of people have the tools, I don't. While a lot of our audience probably has the tools, you know, maybe they've been doing it one, it, it being whatever it is, um, you know, one, one way for a long time. And maybe this is going to be a, a, a new way to approach things or think about things. So, mm -hmm. um, yep. so Amber, I found the quote. Oh, so, beautiful. And I'm going to explain why this is one of my favorite quotes. And it, it's because it has a very uh, personal uh, meaning to me. Uh, but he, Dr. Bruce Lipton said, the moment you change your perception is the moment you rewrite the chemistry of your body. And, you know, for me, I, my whole like spiritual awakening happened through my body. It was because I was super inflexible and I was deathly scared of yoga. And then, you know, after a 10 day silent meditation retreat in the Costa Rican jungle, I decided to try yoga every, every day. Yeah. And it was through the, it was through the yoga that actually showed me that it wasn't my body that was inflexible. It was my mind. And when I started to shift the way I viewed my body, my body responded in a completely different way. So this quote definitely carries um, truth for me. Um, I, I actually witnessed it in my, whole, my own journey. Uh, now, it doesn't just stop there, though. Like, 
you can learn all of this stuff, but if you don't apply it, it kind of falls short. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I'm so glad you found that. It's very impactful. So how do you, how do you help people to not fall short? Yeah. Not fall short. Yeah. Well, I could give you a few examples. So currently I have, uh, my body, a quantum body transformation program where I help women who, you know, it's so funny you share your own personal story because this came to me in such a beautiful way. 5am I woke up with a pen in my hand and I realized how, how incredible it would be to help women, um, with, you know, everything body to really create the body that they're desiring by focusing on feeling as far as opposed to the way they look. Right. So I see so many women, I'll just give you guys an example. I see a lot of women and I hear a lot of friends stories over many, many years about women, you know, not joining the gym or not, not pouring into themselves a fitness program that they love because they're uncomfortable in their body. Right. So women think, I've got to lose 20 pounds before I even go to the gym. They're very, very embarrassed or unhappy about certain things about their body. I would and say then, men too. Okay. Thank you. See, I haven't even really discussed that with oh, men, yeah. but yeah, it makes definitely. sense. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. have, I have male clients because I did personal training for um, a large part of my career before transitioning more into coaching. And um, that was definitely a fear of theirs as well. I mean, what you just described, I would say I would fall into that camp. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's happening all around us all the time. And the beautiful thing, or the the most, first of all, the biggest problem I see with it, when we talk about embodiment and manifesting the life that you desire, okay, this is what people do. They finally muster up the courage. They finally get so fed up with their current circumstance. They they take the courage. They join the gym. And I'm just using the gym as one example. But then they go into the gym and they're hiding part of themselves. Worst case scenario, they're talking negatively to themselves the whole time. They're thinking about this body part and that body part and that guy's looking at me and that woman's looking at me and look at her over there and what did I do to myself? How did I get myself in this situation? Thinking all these awful things about their current circumstance when they're usually listening to music, which is a quick hack for manifestation. They could use that to lift their vibration, to make rapid change. They're moving their body, they're breathing. And those are all three important manifestation techniques. But unfortunately, they're going to manifest exactly what's going on in their Hmm. mind at that time. Hmm. So they're, (laughs) they're fully embodying. I hate my body. I feel this way about myself. This is negative. I hate this. It didn't work last time. They're, they're rapidly manifesting in the exact opposite way than I would like to see someone. So unconsciously they're doing, they're using the tools, music, breathing, movement. So unconsciously they're using those tools for manifestation and also unconsciously they're thinking these negative thoughts. So it's working. Wow. They're just not. They're not manifesting what they really They're not doing it with intention. They're not being purposeful. I'm going to use these tools and I want to think positive thoughts. Right. And they're accidentally manifesting the exact opposite. What a great example. Well, and and I can, I can attest to that because 
when I, before I um, had this kind of like mind shift in my meditation, 10 day meditation, before I started yoga, I had tried yoga once. And I remember being in that class and looking at myself in the mirror and hating the person I was looking at. Like, I really, really thought I was worthless to be in that class. It just, I just hated that I was probably the shittiest yoga person in that room. I had find that so hard. Isn't that ironic? I know. I just like can't even picture that. I, it was, it really, but here's the thing. So most people, when they meet me think, oh, confident, totally like outgoing, like nothing really gets you down. Like, but we all have these programs. And one of the things that was mine was that I don't like to suck at anything. <laughs> and I, I don't either. And I know most people don't, most people don't, but I, I come from a very competitive um, background and uh, I was always coming from a place of needing to prove myself to, well, to get the attention of my father than the love of my father. Mm-hmm. And so when I, and, and, and I was always really good at athletics and what is this yoga? Yoga is a very um, athletic uh, movement. It can be right. Mm -hmm. And so here I am where I'm supposed to be excelling at because that's what I did in all my life. And here I am at the very bottom of the class. I'm the, I'm the kid who would be picked last in yoga class at that point. (laughs) And, and I, and I hated that. And I felt so uncomfortable that I had to actually leave the yoga class early. I couldn't stand it. Mm-hmm. And it caused me to hate yoga because I didn't want to actually face the fact that I hated myself. Right. I was all ego. Yeah, it was all, it was all <laughs> ego. But do you, okay, so here, that takes us into a really great segue. The ego can convince us that we've learned so much information that it doesn't actually allow us to put it into play in our regular life, which is what you were just kind of about to go into when you were talking about these women and how they're actually manifesting what they don't want. How do we bypass the ego so that we actually don't believe that because we've read all these books, because we've gone to all these retreats or seminars or workshops, that we don't need to actually apply it into our lives or, don't, or not even that, that we don't even realize that we're not putting it into action. Yeah, well, I think two things come to mind, or three things even. Um, First of all, (laughs) once we learn these tools, I mean, what great news, right? For someone, a woman or a man that I just described in that exact situation, how powerful is it to learn that you actually are already manifesting? We just need to shift your mindset onto things that you want to create you go back to the gym, you envision the, the body that you're creating, the relationships you're creating, the time freedom you're, you're causing for yourself, more energy in your life, whatever that perfect scenario looks like as far as you when you look at what you want to create in the physical. all It's really a simple shift it, if we dive into looking at where it first began. But for one, it's great news to know that manifestation, that you're already using all those manifestation techniques, that when we shift the focus, you'll already be on track to manifesting. That's one positive thing because they're already in the gym embodying using the music and the movement, like I said. And that's one thing. That's one kind of concrete thought in itself. But the other thing that came up for me is that the ego is there to keep us safe. And I really feel, and I teach that when we start to embody and 
communicate, form a relationship with our ego, to harness our ego, our ego, and the ego is such a bad word sometimes, and it's looked down upon, and I hear people cringe at that word in general, because it's kind of misused, in my opinion. But the truth is, the ego is a part of you that is there to keep you safe. And if you really break it down, and you look at it, the ego is just there reminding you of things that happened in the past and what the outcome was. So an example is, you remember when you did this last time and hmm. it didn't work and then you felt like this and I'm just here to warn you, you're going to feel like this again because you're doing this again. Huh. That's all the ego's th there to do. Mm -hmm. It's actually a really great thing when you learn how to harness it correctly. I actually believe the ego is one of our greatest teachers. And I, and that's yeah. one of the things that you, what you just said, I address with all of my clients because it comes up all the time is they have this, like you said, idea that the ego is something you need to get rid of Yeah, and you don't need to get rid of it just the same way as, you know, you, you don't want to get rid of the mind um, when you're like in meditation, because the mind is actually a really powerful tool that allows you to visualize and do all these other things. But it's about allowing it to, um, it's like, you know, we've talked about this, you shift your perception, your whole reality changes. So if you shift your perception around the ego, and you actually use it to your advantage. Well, now you're just playing a completely different game where you actually come out a winner. Exactly. I think you can just you need to develop a relationship with your ego as, you know, as if it's this alter ego that you have. And when those thoughts start playing in your head about, you know, you did this last time and it didn't work out, you know, it's almost like you have to stop and say, thank you for reminding me, mm -hmm. you know, but this time, this time I've decided it's going to work out. Yeah. Thanks for being there. Thanks for looking after me, coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And you I take it. it. Absolutely. I take it even farther. It, it is so much fun because I, I literally will have a conversation with that part of myself and say, okay, what are you trying to show me? What is your fear? What would you like the outcome to be? Can you get on board with me in the fact that this could actually turn out this way instead? Do you feel like, can you, this part of yourself, it's interesting, you guys, because it's kind of talking to yourself, but it's so powerful. Can you get on board with the fact that this feels differently than last time? Can you see the vision that's out, you know, the, the outcome? Can you get on board with this? Does this feel good? And can you recognize that this is a different circumstance than the past? That's really the, the part. That's what I was talking about with trauma a little while ago. This belief system was formed by something in the past. And this gym situation is just such a small, small, small example but everything, every emotion that comes up in your day, every way of being, every personality trait, everything, we all walk around knowing like what's holding us back for the most part. And that might be a different thing every day. But when we take the time back to meditation, when we really take the time to recognize this feels like this, this feels like um, a, a humiliation in this moment or anger, a certain frequency anger. What we do is we take the time to, as part of my program, this nutrition part is one part, but the biggest hack is the epigenetic meditation part. We take the time to go, okay, when did this exact vibration of anger first start in my life? And we relax into exploring into the childhood, 
without looking at every photograph that happened, but really just this relaxation of meditation. And you will find, boom, instantaneously, a circumstance comes up that seemed like the tiniest little thing back when you were 10 years old that felt exactly the same way as when you're walking around the gym, feeling down on yourself, that same feeling, that being looked at by someone in a certain way, whatever it may be, we wouldn't be attached to that now if that hadn't happened somewhere prior. It wouldn't cause us distress the way that it does. And when we find that first event and we really recognize, holy cow, this had a huge impact on my life. And all these other circumstances have arised from that point until this point that have governed my life and not in a positive way. I'm safe to release this. We work through a process of releasing that first one. We clear the charge of all the other circumstances that have that same vibration. And then without even really having to look much at that present moment, we know that that's cleared. We know that we've chosen not to run that program anymore. Back to what I said at the very beginning, we choose a different program. We embed that in our system consciously. And then we have to actively just become that new person. So basically what you're doing is you're taking everyone back to the conception point mm-hmm. of that uh, trauma. I, yep, exactly. And that's either the earliest time or the most significant time. And when you really open up and ease into that meditative process, that's guided meditation, it, it comes like, like you wouldn't believe. I find it in myself all the time because I do this with myself And I find these tiny little circumstances in childhood, um, literally one liner that happened that I I would have never remembered if I didn't allow myself to feel into that place through the heart space in a quiet space by myself. And I am dumbfounded at the things that I find that happened in childhood that have governed truly my entire life. I have a comment and and a question after. Mm -hmm. So you can, anything that triggers you, you know, I I know you said the gym is obviously just one example, but I think of things just in our regular life, whether it be our home life or our work life, you know, your interactions with your family members and something is said and it triggers you to get, you know, really defensive or all of a sudden you're like really mad at something that your spouse said to you or your, or your child or something. And if we take the time to not react you know, and just go kind of within and ask ourselves, like, why is this affecting me so much? And, and hopefully have the time later in meditation, maybe to, you know, jot that down or like this triggered me and I'm going to work on this in meditation later. But the hardest thing to do. It is, but it's actually. Just don't react. It's no, but it's a great opportunity. It is a great opportunity that someone, if you've got enough awareness that you are wanting to uh, move beyond that, that that is something that, you know, if you pay attention to, you could get some really good insight. I've been, I've been doing that. I think because I read the course in miracles when I was so young, that's been something that I've practiced most of my life is like knowing that I have control over my reaction. I just haven't always been good at like doing the epigenics part where I'll go and actually find that spot in my life. Like, okay, this is where it is. And this is why it's triggering me. Although I have the awareness that I'm being triggered and I need to look at this in a different way. I think it's me. It's not necessarily the other person or, you know, why am I getting so upset at this? But my question is, 
and this is kind of going to go out there, Brian, but, um, Mm. so you talk about the triggers to your childhood, but what I've been wondering lately is what about the triggers from past lives? Because, Mm. and I don't know if you go into that, but there's so much talk and we talked to, you know, numerous people on this podcast about how much past life events can affect you. Like whether, you know, you died in a a plane crash and now you're afraid of flying or, you know, that's an extreme example, but you know, I've heard many examples of people who have um, potentially, you know, say been abused in a prior life or or killed in some way. And they have these adverse reactions to things that or extreme reactions to situations and events that, that don't seem so you, to make sense. So maybe you were killed in a previous life and now you have an adverse reaction to being killed in this life? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you drown and now you're afraid of water or oh, I think didn't Maureen right. say, Jermaine say that like yeah. her husband killed her in a previous life. But yeah. she, but she's okay with it. Yeah. She never liked when he touched her neck or something. I don't know. Just something yeah. weird like that. Yeah. So do you dress mm-hmm. that? Yes. I oh, see okay. it all the time. And I've worked through a lot of that myself. And I know, Brian, that might seem a little woo-woo to you, but. I've heard it all it, before. It's, it's. You know, it's very, very impactful work. And so it's just an extension of that. Truly that same exact process um, looking, it's exactly the same. It's just traveling farther back in time. Like I said, deep in meditation, allowing, not looking because those things will come up. And I find exactly the same. I mean, I wouldn't really change anything. It's just a matter of looking even farther back in time. The, the, the idea here is the feeling. So it's really, really harnessing the, the negative emotion that's impacting you. So this is not all anger is the same. Not all re, like a feeling of rejection is the same. Not all fear is the same. Mm-hmm. Where you can have fear of loss. You can have true fear of like safety, um, survival type fear, fear of you know, it's, it's endless, but the, 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 I, the hack to this and the most important thing is to really harness exactly what that feeling is. Now you've got to feel into it and then you've got to follow guidance just to allow yourself to find the, the cookie crumb trail backwards as far in time as you could go. I bet you'd be really good at that, Nicole. <laughs> well, oh gosh, I don't even know if I should share this cause I haven't talked about it yet. What? Oh, let's hear it. We'll edit it out if you change your mind at the end. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm in control of edit. <laughs> so, um, Amber, um, I, I, you know, our audience is a little familiar that I'm going through some deeper healing work right now. Some of it is past life. Some of it is an- ancestral and mm-hmm. um, some of it's collective. And what I guess you know, to hit on what you just talked about in how, um, how important it is to go back to the point of conception. I have literally had to go back to the point of conception of me, um, to heal what I'm healing right now. And, um, I've had to, I've in my meditations gone. I, I was, this has actually come through guidance through the, through my Akashic records, um, to go back to the point of conception that I was in my mother's womb because I was told that all of the um, 
uh, trauma or pain that I brought in to this lifetime was at that point. I brought it all in with me. So not mm-hmm. necessarily was created during this lifetime, but just actually brought in. And so I've had to go back to the that point of conception. But to take it even one step even further, uh, and this is very personal, but I'm going to share it, I think, because I think that's what we're all about, right? Yeah. Um, so I have had... Um, I realized, and it wasn't even through actually trying to conceive, but I couldn't have, I was having difficulty getting pregnant Mm -hmm. and, um, I couldn't understand why, because I, I, I gotta tell you, I come from a family of women that pop out babies. Mm -hmm. And so I always believed that that was never going to be an issue for me. Um, but what was brought into my awareness was that, um, in a past life, in a Mayan past life, uh, I had uh, lost a child through a truncated birth. And the grief was so intense that it caused me to go into a looped timeline of not being able to conceive in multiple lifetimes from that point on, Mm -hmm. because I kept carrying that trauma with me. And the reason why, so how my body responded to that is that through the gestation process, although I could, quote unquote, conceive, I could never actually have the implantation of an embryo. And so the gestation um, cycle would be broken. And that was my way of preventing myself from ever experiencing the grief of losing a child again. Hmm. And I had to go back into time and literally go back to Tulum, where it all happened, which we did a week and a half ago we did and um heal that trauma and i had a major release there and um it was quite profound and so to think though that you know there's many women um who experience this where they have uh very very early miscarriages um you know where the embryo just doesn't stick and mm-hmm. to know understand that it's not any, cause there were times I was like, am I doing something wrong? Is it, is it, am I like not eating the right thing? Am I exercising too much? You know, like all these things go through your head. But then when I realized, and I went into deeper um, healing aspects and really trying to get to the root of it and really going to the conception point, the conception point happened many, many hundreds of years ago um, in the Mayan ruins. And that that loss of a child had carried through my DNA and was programmed into my DNA uh, to not allow myself to ever experience that grief again. Yeah. Well, exactly. at the time they were probably the Mayan nuance. <laughs> <sighs> Thanks for lightening things up, Brian. Brian. Mm-hmm. Thanks so- for sharing, Nicole. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Nicole. Very much. Well, you know, we, no, go I on, do, please do. I, I know that we make, you know, we, it's like a vow that we make to ourselves to not experience those things again. And we do it with finances. We do it with relationships. You see people, we have to go through, there are, you know, healing techniques that definitely, there's a lot of different ones, a couple that I'm more familiar with than others, but we have to break those vows sometimes because, it, you know, it's, Two things. I mean, yes, you want to protect yourself from your ego. Back to trusty ego wants to protect you from having that experience again. But not only that, we can make vows 
uh, in previous lives to not experience certain things again. And that's why we see people suffering with a lot of different things. Yeah. And I think that's actually important for people because, you know, we're part of our programming is to make us feel guilty for breaking a contract. Like we've, we've let ourselves down if we break a contract, like, um, you know, we didn't follow through with our word. And what we sometimes um, fail to also receive in the information is that, you know, that contract likely was made to serve a purpose uh, in that moment that was able to protect you. But it, as you evolve and you grow, that contract can become void and not be serving you anymore to your highest good. And it's important to uh, be aware when it's not serving you any longer and actually becoming a hindrance. Didn't we have, I, I can't remember if it was Matthew Morian or Eric Raines who spoke of just a meditation that you could do where you you asked to have all contracts broken that are no longer serving you. Yeah, you could. Yeah, to just to put that out there. That- or mm-hmm. none of it matters and you just live this one life and then you're done. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, I want to hear you say that after QRT. <laughs> QRT. You know, Quantum it's... Revolution Tour. Alstrom Palooza. <laughs> <laughs> Brings up a good point that's been coming into my life quite a bit, you know, that's that belief, right? Because absolutely we could break all those contracts, but where's the belief, you know? And I think that's the same with everything, even these working on small single processes at a time. I feel like doing so much work with meditation, it came to me last week that just the idea of belief could be the quick hack into medit- into manifestation. It could also be the fastest pitfall in manifestation because if you, if you're manifesting something, you're going through this process and a lot of people have all different ways of doing that. And you don't believe in the end that this thing, this may be an amazing, big, big deal thing that you're creating. You're going to do all the steps correctly. You're going to embody. You're going to use all the techniques that we all speak of. But deep down, you don't believe it for sure. Like you don't really, really believe it or you have maybe more doubt than belief. I find, you know, that is the fastest pitfall that that could negate all of the amazing work that you're doing. Well, that's the hardest thing. I mean, look at somebody like me. I. It's hard for me to even admit, okay, I'm going to believe it. Or even to, th- I mean, that idea of you really have to at the core of, 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 of your being believe it. And I, and I know I don't. I so, don't I mean, I'm you. just set up to fail. I don't believe you. I, think I it, mean, you talk well, a really good game, but I know underneath it that you absolutely believe it. No, but it's, <laughs> it's the seed of doubt. Does okay. it, I have seeds it, of doubt. It does not matter how small that seed of doubt is. You can you can believe it. Oh wow, I really believe it. But then you know, there's that other side that just well, says, there's... "Well, maybe we're just here and it's all random." That's the seed of doubt. And you know, according to what Amber just said, it's all it takes to you know screw the whole <laughs> thing up. And that, and also what Amber has spoken of, and Jessica as well, is the those underlying subconscious programs that are running that maybe you feel like you have 100% belief, but you don't know that there's this 
underlying doubt that like you well, want you don't want to be you want to be really wealthy, but you th- believe money's evil. That's you know? not fair if you don't even know it. Yeah, well, we don't know a lot of these subconscious things. That's the point of diving in and learning. And also, how funny would it be if in the conscious you don't know if you believe or maybe this, maybe that, but you know, what if it came down to it and it was a one-time thing? What if that's the conscious, but in the subconscious, if it really came down to it, you're alone by yourself, you're, you know, end of time or whatever, you could think of it anyway. But what if like really deep down that you do know, that you, you that you can tap in with your higher self and you do have an all-encompassing quantum perspective on your own soul and that in this 3D realm in which we live at the moment, you've got a couple programs running that they're kind of keeping you skeptical, so to speak. But do you have the ability to tap into where that program is and to reprogram yourself? Mm-hmm. That's the belief that you have to have. That's, I mean, and that's the awareness. It's like we, we spoke of on the last podcast about understanding how things work, whether it be electricity or a, a an engine, having that awareness and okay, maybe you kind of forget about how you learn how the engine works, but you forget about it and you just get in your car and turn the key and go. The important mm-hmm. part is that at one time you did learn and you know, there's more to it than just turning the key and going. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the first step. Yeah, but you're still going to get tripped on. You don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know it, how do you know that you're supposed to address it? But this, okay, so this is this is the whole point of why we're all talking about this and why we even have this whole podcast and why, you know, Amber and Jessica and Christian are doing this Quantum Revolution tour. The more people become aware of this, it starts to expand and become a massive ripple effect out into the consciousness of the collective. Eventually, we're going to hit that tipping point where more people are just going to become aware. So, okay, you're not aware of it. It's just like in school. You go to school, you go to first grade, you have no idea that you, um, oh, I don't know, what do you learn in first grade? Like whatever mathematics skills or, you know, reading and writing skills you learn, you don't know how to do that until you go there. It's just a matter of bringing the information more readily accessible to people so that they can become aware of it. And the more and more of us that do that, the more likely it's going to ripple effect out to the rest of people. Where people start realizing that they have control over yeah. their own life, that things aren't happening yeah. to them, but that they're creating them. And that's the whole purpose of why we're doing this entire episode, <laughs> you know, and why the, the quantum revolution tour is happening is so that we can um, bring to people's yeah, awareness, bring yeah. it to their awareness, or at least have the thought provoking conversation about it. If you never thought about it before, maybe like you, you've thought about things over the past year that you've said you've never given thought to before. Mm-hmm. And, and Amber, you know, every time you help someone, with this and you help teach them how to integrate it into their life so that they can actively live it out. They are now a teacher themselves for the next person who comes into their awareness, who they might be able to show how to do it. And so it's like, what is, it's the mushroom effect, right? It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. 
there's nothing like watching someone change their life in that way. It, it, and the funny thing about this epigenetic stuff is that it's not always concrete. So from my perspective, I get to sit back knowing that we did the process together and it, it almost looks magical from the outside because you see their way of being change. You see they can't, they come with an idea of something they want to create. You help them hone in on what the blocks are. You help them back in the past to release the old stuff. And then you don't always get a concrete, you know, here's exactly what happened after. And this is all of like, it's not on paperwork. What you do is you watch from afar and you see their way of being change. And it could be in areas completely unrelated to the work that we've done together. And there is no celebration like that. There is no, there's no way to explain to you the feeling of just watching someone's way of being changed, knowing that their life experience has improved and just watching it kind of pan out. It, it's truly magical mm -hmm. when you do these processes in the, with a mind. Yeah. And I have to say that, you know, I personally am really picky about, you know, where I'm going to spend my money when it comes to, um, you know, spiritual events such as like QRT. And there aren't many conferences out there that have really pulled me in. Like I see a ton of them out there and there isn't anything that really gets me excited, but I'm really excited about this because I really feel like you guys are tapping into something that not many conferences, if any, are, have done before. And you guys have such great energy and good, great teamwork um, behind you. What could you tell our audience would be a definingly, um, like a defining experience that will completely separate the QRT um, from anything else they've ever done. Absolutely. You know, something really magical happens when people walk into the room. Um, I saw it with the first one and the second one. I'm incredible, incredibly excited to experience with the, with the third one. You just feel like you're reunited with people who you've known for decades, centuries, <laughs> It's a true soul family experience. You walk into a room where you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that you're fully safe to be 100% authentic, you know, hold nothing back. And in the society in which we live, we don't always walk around that way, even if we're pretty evolved spiritually. Um, I've just seen it as such a true heartfelt party you're learning amazing things. You're not sitting there taking notes. You're actually embodying the teachings, having the experiences. But what always sticks with me is just that feeling of true safety to be the self that you are when you're alone, surrounded by hundreds of other people. Mm, that is so important. We got that feedback from the cruise that we just did yeah. that at the end when we mm -hmm. asked people, you know, what was the most significant part of the cruise for you. I would say the majority of the people said being with like-minded people feeling safe. Yeah. And you know, I, it just dawned on me while you were saying this, Amber, that, you know, 11 years ago when I decided to, after four months of doing yoga, get my teacher's training, I went, mm -hmm. I, you know, I decided um, I'm going to just do the one month program because it was during a one year sabbatical. So I had the time to like go and do this stuff. And um, I was looking at all these different, you know, 
three week, 30 day kind of yoga programs out there. And the reason why I chose the one I did is because it was so different from all of the rest in that it was tapping more into the experience and allowing you to create your experience through your own intuitive um, guidance. And I really feel that um, that is a huge part of what's gonna be going on at QRT. Uh, that that is a, um, I mean, you guys have technology that taps into that. And also I could tell from reading the owner's bio of this yoga place that I went to, they were just such heartfelt, authentic um, souls that I knew I was going to be in a safe place to go into something where I felt very vulnerable in. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, even though I had, I was ready to teach my teacher's training, I'd only been doing yoga for four months and I still was hating my body. I still was not in, in a very accepting place. So I needed to go into a space that was safe for me to explore that. And I really feel like you guys, your whole team creates such an energetic, um, safe space for people to uh, really kind of move into that. But not only that, because you guys are putting that out there, you're attracting people who will offer the same when they come. So that extends into the guests that are all going to be attending this event. Mm -hmm. Yep. Thank you. We wouldn't have it any other way. You know, that's the experience we want to have as well. So it's a co-creation with everyone involved. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I like the idea that it's, mostly from reading, you know, what it's about and what you're going to do on day one, two, and three, that the events are more interactive. You know, you're not sitting, taking notes. You're not just listening to somebody lecture you on how to do the law of attraction program or, you know, why you should love yourself. You're actually working on things. Can you, can you give doing us, it. yeah. Can you give us some examples mm-hmm. of some of the, the interactive type of events that you're, you'll be running? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I just have to mention, it brings me, it, wait, wait, as you were saying that, it brings me back to our gym discussion. And I'm just picturing like someone sitting in the gym at a desk, taking notes on how to, <laughs> you know, it's sure. like, yeah. that's what's going, that's what sure. usually happens. And we're actually doing, we're working out, right? It's, that's how it's different. We wouldn't want anyone to feel compelled to be distracted enough to, to take notes, but we will just have, in, you know, very intuitively guided sessions on the teachings that everyone is needing the most at any given time, obviously to a schedule, but lessons from different teachers. I know you met Christian, Jessica, you'll meet Jen and myself. So we'll all be speaking as well as other dear friends that are part of the tour. And we do have a very, very special event on Saturday nights of the tour We are calling it the superhero ball. This idea originated from your higher self ball. So come dressed as the superhero of your choice, or if something else resonates, your own perspective of your highest self, whether it's goddess, you know, warrior, we see incredible costumes at our events, but we are just fully embodying that way of being as our highest self. We are getting together on the second evening of the event to dance and convene with each other and share with each other in in whatever way, just by really living out in a major way, that highest part of ourself. That I have to say is my number one event I'm looking forward to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I am bringing my higher self, Nikita, into the event. 
So fabulous. Yes. Galactic Nikita. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I am super <laughs> stoked for that because I am all about all about like stepping into other parts of your persona and our higher self is definitely one of those. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I just think it's fun. And I think it's so important to have fun with this journey because oftentimes we take ourselves too seriously and we forget that it's just a game and part of fun. And yeah, it's hard to see that during the painful part of the lessons, but when you're not in there, then like totally take advantage of the fact that you can have fun right now. And right. you guys use co- like color and light sound therapy and dance. So there'll be a lot of, of that going on as well. Exactly. Yes. All of that, different sounds, different music, um, audio visuals, different um, equipment that we've got that we're bringing in. Um, yeah. Just a, a fully encompassing interactive experience. So I asked Christian and he said he didn't know. So I'm going to ask you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I understand there's this technology that gets you into the gamma brainwave state. Mm-hmm. The, Our scalar technology. Yeah. So you guys are releasing this technology at the event. That will be something that is going on there. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more? Yep. And, and we had it at the last one. Um, it's high level scalar Tesla technology. And it actually, we can use multiple different frequencies through this device. And so we will be using delta, theta, and gamma for different reasons and um, at different times during the event for different experiences. Should we all take a bet on what it's going to do to Brian? (laughs) Yes. Well, I know Jen or maybe I shouldn't say this because we're going to have her on the podcast too, but she, she had a really cool example. She said she, um, she hasn't been able to sleep for years, mm-hmm. decades. And after yeah. it wasn't something she tried to fix going into the event, but when she got home, she realized that she doesn't have a sleeping problem anymore. Yeah. That's huge. One of that, those, that is, that's huge. Like a little surprise benefit, mm-hmm. a little surprise, unexpected benefit. I have a Nicole because... problem. Maybe I'll come home without it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> because, because who knows you guys, maybe she and also others with different things, maybe they had that past life experience or the early childhood experience that runs that program. And maybe that just happened to be released oh. through something that we did at that oh time. Oh my gosh. You, know? you just brought something into my awareness so fast. <laughs> so just like I had no idea when I chose to go to Tulum for my cruise as the event that I was going to take everyone oh. on the cruise to Tulum, I had no idea it was part of my healing. <gasps> I just heard that this QRT is also part of my healing and there is why I'm going. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to start crying. Amber, were you growling like an animal just now? Or was that like some spiritual animal that <laughs> jumped? I out? heard it. Did you? No, that was your spirit guy. You there didn't hear it? I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. No, I didn't hear it. Him, Brian and wrote, I both heard it and we looked growl. at each other. Literally was like, <laughs> so it's right there. What? Yes. I came in on your um your yep, track. It's right there. Two weird growling sounds. Okay. Really? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at that in the <laughs> editing. 
I yes, heard it. We oh, wow. I think someone didn't want me to have awareness of that. It was just as you were like having that awareness. It was like it was, an angry, it was an evil angry growl. animal growl. Yeah. It was. You, you know what, though? I don't get any sort of bad vibes off of that. That really could be animal spirit guide stuff, or that could just be a sign to pay attention to what was said. That doesn't feel any sort of negative. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I definitely don't feel negative about, at least I don't feel negative about what I just said. Um, no, I don't feel anything negative either. You know, either that was one of my spirit guides who I know who that might have been. Hmm, um, your dragon? <laughs> sounded dragony. Yeah, it did. Uh, or I, why did I just say that? I because I yeah, okay. told you what it sounded like. Interesting. So Woo-hoo. things are already happening before we're even there. <laughs> I love it. You know, I wanted to say something just about beliefs because it. Brian and I were talking about this at breakfast this morning. It came into my awareness that how beliefs truly, I don't want to use the word like imprison you, but, but they create your perception on absolutely everything. Like the, I was actually a friend, a friend of mine today told me that she um, wants to get a divorce. And, and she just told me a little bit about her husband, which reminded me of my ex-husband. And, and I know I've talked about this on the show before, you know, I stayed in a, a 25 year marriage when I knew from almost, you know, day one (laughs) that it was too much for me. I wasn't going to be able to do it. More like day negative (laughs) 35 or something. (laughs) Anyway. And I've been asked, and I think uh, Nicole asked me this probably on a prior show before, you know, if I had the opportunity to do it over because I, I stayed in my marriage for my belief was for my children and for their well-being and I, and for, I wanted them to have the best life possible. And I felt like that was the better option for them. And I've been asked if I would do it again. And, and I've answered quickly that absolutely, I would do that again. And I changed my mind today. I realized... I think it was on the cruise because we talked about it. You you, you Something shifted recently. something. And maybe it was after Tulum because I've been feeling pretty amazing after after our meditation at Tulum. But something has shifted into me in me to where I, have, I now realize that it was simply the beliefs that I had that kept me trapped in that thinking. You know, the belief that my children, my children's life, what I thought, you know, quote unquote, deserved what they deserved in their life and what should be the life for them. That was my belief that I was holding on to. And because of that belief, it dictated the rest of everything that I did. It dictated how I was with my husband, how I allowed him um, to behave towards me and by simply shifting my belief, because now I have a different perception on that. And I know that I can still do what's right for me and whatever ha- would, would have happened in the course of time for my children would have been the perfect thing for them in this lifetime. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't today, if that same thing happened, I wouldn't worry about them. Whatever happened would mm-hmm. happen and we would all be fine. And, mm-hmm. and the most important thing would be to love myself and to live this life for me, not for someone else. But it just really made me realize, and you've been talking about beliefs this whole time, but just on a, on a different level, how we truly are just in a, in a box of our own beliefs. 
and that we think we're stuck in this box. We can convince ourselves. We know that this is just how it is. This is the way it is. And that ego trying to protect us. And the reality is that if we can just shift and realize that it's our beliefs that are keeping us there, whether that be through epigenics, through, you know, going to a certain point in our childhood or past lives or whatever it may be, um, that's where you find release and freedom, I think. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. I think it's good. I don't believe anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a clean slate. Oh yeah, you are not. You are anything but a clean slate. <laughs> but I will say this: that you would, you may never have got come to the realization that you just did had you not gone through everything you went through. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. Oh, absolutely. And and that's the beauty of it is the experience that I gained from that. I feel like was, you know, part of my life purpose. And you know, I've I've met so many women. In fact, this woman that told me this, um, we're more acquaintances than we are friends, but I find that people come to me and they tell me these things, Brian said, why would she tell you that? I'm like, because I've, she knows that I've gone through something similar and it's really helpful to be able to talk to somebody when you're about to step into an experience, you speak to someone who's already been through that experience, that that mm-hmm. perspective and that type of support and guidance is is so important. Well, okay, that speaks right back. It takes us right back to the very beginning of what Amber you were talking about in why it's so important to experience and live out what you know because anybody can read a book. Anybody could spit mm-hmm. out what a book says to you, but people are drawn to the authenticity that only an experience can create in someone. That's right. Absolutely. And you know, that, that, that speaks to Jessica's, or I mean, Jennifer's approach to everything. She said that she wasn't going to teach quantum manifestation. Jessica, you were right the first time. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's she, she said that she wasn't going to teach anything until she could do it herself. Yeah. I think that's exactly. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, that's what it's all about. That's why experience is the greatest teacher because then you get to speak from a very authentic place. And I think, you know, this is something that came up on our cruise too is, and why people are, and I think why people would be, it's one of the reasons why I'm attracted to this event. I don't want to put words into other people's mouths, but there is something to be said about the authenticity of someone it creates that level of safety as well. You know, it's not just about, Oh, they, they seem like a really good person or they have really great ideas, or I really agree with their philosophy. It's like, there is a certain trust that comes in when you know, someone is speaking from a very authentic place and you can't fake that. You really can't fake that. (laughs) That is so true. Yep. It's, you know, it's so funny you bring it up because it's such a big part of my life right now. Speaking more and more about my own personal life, as you guys know, doing this podcast and, you know, stepping into speaking on stage and the last couple of years of my life have actually been dropping into that place where I, where I share more authentically. So I just think it's so divine that you bring that up because it's, that's right where I'm at. And it makes a huge difference too, because if someone is 
hiding something or not um, transparent about something in coaching sessions, you know, it's really hard to get down to the base of what's going on. And that's another beautiful thing about this trauma clearing meditation is that I don't need to know the whole story. I can guide someone through as long as I'm touching base with them during that process and they're letting me know that they're right on track. What I find is that people make more progress clearing when they're quiet and and deep inside the mind. And I give them the choice to either tell me what they're seeing or not. It's the ones that sometimes don't that I can tell are being so fully authentic with themselves that they really release a lot. Yeah, there's just something really special to be said about that authenticity. I, this year, I, I gave this year the word transparency. Last year was opportunity. And it's been, been an awesome process these past couple years for me. But what I learn is um, so much, so much comes from that true mm. authenticity. You just made <laughs> me realize that I'm giving this year the word rebirth. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. that's a good one. Yeah. So it. Amber, if any one of our, anyone in our audience wants to um, get in touch with you, how do they do that? Gosh, the best way uh, would be through email, Amber Freeland, F-R-E-L-I-N at Gmail. I have a private meditation group and page on Facebook. They're both called the Trinity Room. In there, we discuss the trifecta of mind, body, and spirit and then, of course, at the thequantumrevolutiontour.com. Awesome. So, um, you audience members, I know that you're just super psyched about the possibilities that could be in store for you if you were to come join us at QRT. So, if you would like to... What if we told you you could get 50% off your ticket? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, we're, here's, how, here's how it works for all of you who missed last week's episode. Uh, you will be staying at the Red Rocks Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. And they have so graciously given excellent room rates. Um, and by booking at least two nights, which is what the course of QRT is. But I think people can actually book in an extra night or two if they want to stay longer and still yeah. get that rate, right? That's right. We're looking for bookings on the 22nd and 23rd so that you can be there for the full event but also Red Rock is graciously giving that same special room rate for a handful of days before. That's awesome. So if you want to come into Vegas a little early or stay a little later, you actually can capitalize on that awesome room rate. And once you um, book your uh, hotel, which we'll By leave, February 20th. By February 20th at the latest, because this... If this rooms, special deal. Yeah, this but if the rooms deal. book up before the 20th, then... Yeah. It's, oh, if they book up before the 20th, it won't. Well, that's true. But to, to get this half off, yeah. Yeah. February 20th. Yes. And um, we are leaving a link in the show notes for you guys to get that room rate. And once you do, please email us, info at enlightenup.us, with your uh, booking reference number so that we can give you the 50% off code to then go to the QRT website and get your ticket so that you can come experience this with all of us. You know, we just love meeting new people. I love meeting everyone at the Ways of Light Cruise and I'd love to meet more of you. So come be part of this experience with us and we're doing a vlog. We're doing an Enlighten Up vlog from the minute we leave our house and get in the RV and drive down to Vegas from Colorado our first RV trip. Our first RV trip. Brian's parents have a great RV. And we're Brian's sleeping it. on the couch. <laughs> I guess I should tell my parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. You might want to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but yeah, come please, please uh, to our audience members. We'd love to see you there. We'd love to meet you in person and perhaps get you um, on our vlog series and maybe be part of a show. Yeah, and we, we could we do have, a podcast while we're there. Oh, I hope we do. I mean, Absolutely. we have we have ten thousand some odd subscribers, and you know, it'd be great to meet you. Yeah, I mean, how cool would that be to actually have a, a a bunch of our our listeners, you know, join us and. And it is just so much fun to meet more like-minded people and um, and just take part in this experience together. And you'll be able to meet Jessica and Amber and Christian and Jennifer, who will be on our show next week. And go to the superhero ball. Oh, gosh. That's just going to be so much fun. <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. see people's creativity. It's a blast. And make some spiritual money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. spiritual money herself. Yes. Jessica so true. <laughs> so true. All right. Well... Amber, thanks so much for being on the show. You were um, such a wonderful guest, and we love all the insight that you shared with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and thank you to our audience. We will be back with you next time, and we are looking forward to seeing you all in Vegas. Thank you all for joining our show today. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to see us have on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us. And please follow us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for more insight from her or visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading. You can watch some of her most informative videos or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, Lisa Loves Love, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we will be back with you all next week.